Warning, the following contains depictions of adult themes, drug use, and wanton violence, sometimes flat-out war crimes. Listener discretion is advised. Jose as Jimmy Reigns, and Luke as Spike. And I am your guide, your host, your editor, and all those other things, Redstone, also known as Adam in these recordings. This is Redstone coming at you from someplace. I don't know. I don't know where I am. Like I tell you if I knew. Alright, so I need to begin by saying that this was never meant to be for public consumption. I initially started recording sessions for my own benefit, so I wouldn't have to take copious notes. But then upon talking with the crew, they thought it it might be a fun idea to put this online. So here we're going. Session zero, where we did our world building. I do wish I had recorded that because that would have been amazing. Uh, we, we had a lot of fun with this. Let me just tell you what we have. So I did read them the base game assumptions, which is your people came to the forge two centuries ago in the wake a cataclysm in their home galaxy. Today, this new home offers opportunity and peril. Remnants of ancient civilizations hold dangerous knowledge and forbidden power. Your people build settlements on new worlds, but those places rarely offer a safe haven. Conflicts often range between people and factions. Raiders and pirates prowl the spaceways in search of easy prey. Baneful creatures and dark forces dwell on corrupted planets and in the abyssal void between stars. It's a dangerous life for anyone living on this frontier, doubly so for the Ironsworn, those adventurers bound to sworn quests. So after this, we went through each of the categories and uh, talked about what the choices were or if we wanted to change things up and here are my notes from that we fled the ravages of a catastrophic war over millennia we consumed resources and shattered and shattered lives as we fueled the engines of industry expansion and war in the end a powerful foe took advantage of our rivalries in a violent bid for power 
Fleeing the devastation, we assembled our fleets and traveled to the forge, a new home, a fresh start. In this final war, we were set upon by religious zealots, which um, this this actually ties in later with bits we came up with, which we'll get to. But the next question is, how did they get to the forge? This mysterious alien gates provided instantaneous one-way passage to the forge. In the midst of Cataclysm, our ancestors found a strange metal pillar on our homeworld's moon. A map on the surface of this alien relic detailed the deep space locations of the Iron Gates, massive devices which powered artificial wormholes. With no other options, the Exodus ships fled through the gates and emerged here in the forge. We have made our mark in this galaxy, but the energy storms we call Balefires threatened to undo that progress, leaving our communities isolated and vulnerable. Starships navigate along bustling trade routes between settlements. We've built burgeoning outposts on the fringes of known sectors, and bold spacers chart new paths into unexplored domains. But this hard-earned success is threatened by the chaotic balefires, intense energy anomalies which cut off trade routes and threaten entire planets. Iron vows are sworn upon totems crafted from enigmatic metals we call black iron. Black iron was first forged by a long-dead civilization. Some say it is living metal, attuned to the hidden depths of the universe. Remnants of this prized resource are found within ancient sites throughout the forge. It is resistant to damage and corrosion, but it can be molded using superheated plasma at specialized facilities. But we also added that the Iron Sworn bind their honor to iron blades. Aboard a starship where Stray gunfire can destroy fragile equipment or pierce holes. The brutal practicality of a sword makes for a useful weapon. A few also favor the silent efficiency of a blade for infiltration or espionage. Most importantly, when the Iron Sworn swear a vow upon a sword, they bind their commitment to the metal. If they forsake a vow, that, me- that iron must be abandoned. To be Iron Sworn without a blade is to be disgraced. So we combine those that the totems that they make are the blades made of this black iron, which does seem to be alive, that is found within vaults, and as we'll discover later, are actually a core component of the gates that uh, made the wormholes. So there there have been gates here in the forge, uh, which are made of black iron. Next was law, and laws and governance vary across settled domains, but bounty hunters are given wide latitude to pursue their contracts. Their authority is almost universally recognized and supersedes local laws. Through tradition and influence, the powerful Hunter's Guild is given free reign to track track and capture fugitives in most settled places. Only the foolish stand between a determined bounty hunter and their target. But then also, three dominant religious orders, the Triumvirate, battle for influence and power within the Forge. Our communities are often sworn to serve one of the three doctrines of the Triumvirate. For many, faith offers purpose and meaning, but it also divides us. Throughout our brief history in the Forge, the leaders of the Triumvirate have pitted us against each other. 
For this reason, some are apostates who disavow these religions and follow a different path. And here's the thing is that we have players who are actively against the idea of the triumvirate and are working actively to take them down, which we'll get into later. Unnatural energies flow through the forge. Magic and science are two sides of the same coin. Soon after our arrival, some displayed the ability to harness the forge's energies. Today, mystics invoke this power to manipulate matter or see beyond the veils of our own universe. But this can be a corrupting force, and the most powerful mystics are respected and feared in equal measure. The power that permeates the forge is called the presence, and it allows people numerous abilities, uh, some of which are to move objects with their mind, see the future, things like that. Then was information. Information is life. We rely on a guild of space-born, space-born couriers, the heralds, to transport messages and data across the vast distance, vast distances between settlements. Direct communication and transmission beyond uh, outside of the terminus uh, is basically impossible due to the chaotic energies of the forge. Digital archives are available at larger outposts, but the information is not always up to date or reliable. Therefore, the most important communications and discoveries are carried by these heralds, sworn to see that data to its destination. But in the heart of settled domains, a network of data hubs called the Weave allow near instantaneous communication and data sharing between ships and outposts. Because of their importance, Weave hubs are often targets for sabotage, and communication blackouts are not uncommon. Beyond the most populous sectors, travelers and outposts are still commonly isolated and entirely off the grid. So, each of the triumvirate forces has their own weave, uh, and there is some communication between the groups, uh, but they're basically the three major factions. And in between all these factions is the disputed territory which uh, has recently, by the time we get into the play you'll hear, uh, the weave has been set up in disputed space. Next we have war. War never ends. Talented weaponsmiths and shipwrights craft deadly high-tech tools of destruction. Dominant factions wield mighty fleets and battle-hardened troops. Those in power have access to weapons of horrific, destructive potential. Skirmishes and wars flare across the settled domains, and most are pawns or casualties in these destructive campaigns. There's an active war between each of the factions of the Triumvirate with each other. The disputed territory is a war zone, constantly, but there are settlements there. Some of these settlements are actually the first ones of which humanity founded coming across uh, the great void between our home galaxy and the forge. The Menders are an order of sworn healers who preserve our medical knowledge and train new generations of caregivers. Advanced care is usually available only within larger settlements, but even remote communities are often served by a novice Mender. 
Some menders are travelers who offer preventative care and respond to emergencies in isolated communities. When it comes to artificial intelligence, generally speaking, uh, members, humans in the forge, no longer have access to advanced computer systems. Instead, they rely on specialists called adepts. Uh, their computers are limited to simple digital systems and very basic machine intelligence. Uh, this is because the Triumvirate has declared AI illegal. Most adepts serve in place of those advanced systems. They utilize mind-altering drugs to see the universe as a dazzling lattice of data, identifying trends and predicting outcomes with uncanny accuracy. But to gain this insight, they sacrifice much of themselves. Many sites and planets are infested by dreadful forge spawn. These aberrant creatures threaten to overrun other life in the galaxy. The forge spawn are hostile creatures born of the chaotic energies of this galaxy. Hundreds of abandoned or devastated outposts and derelict ships stand as a testament to their dreadful power and cunning. This is actually a bit that we have not explored too in depth other than one of the groups of the Triumvirate worship the Forge Spawn, and that is the Prometheans. I should get into which, what each of the groups are which, uh, of the Triumvirate, which is we have the Prometheans, which worship the Forge Spawn. We have the Covenant, which are focused on the vaults. And we have uh, the Mormons. Uh, we haven't really messed with that belief system at all, other than they are a faction that is at war with others. And uh, seeing as some of our players, well, as you'll see in later episodes, there's a reason why they are hunted by them. The Ascendancy, an advanced spacefaring empire once ruled the entirety of the forge. Vaults of inscrutable purpose are all that remain to mark the Ascendancy's legacy. Or so they think. But those places are untethered from our own reality. Ascendancy vaults can appear spontaneously, washed up like floatsome in the tides of time. Their gravity and atmospheres pay no heed to natural laws. Some are corrupted and ruined. Others are unmarred and intact. Some are both at once. They are chaos. Also, biological life forms we call the remnants, engineered by ancient civilizations, the Ascendancy, maybe, as weapons in a catastrophic war, survived the death of their creators. On scarred planets and within ancient vaults throughout the Forge, the remnants still guard ancient secrets and fight unending wars. And although most insist the horrors aren't real, the spacers know the truth. When you travel the depths of the forge, be wary. Death is not always the end of our suffering. Some say we are cursed by those who did not survive the cataclysm, and the veil between life and death is forever weakened. Supernatural occurrences and entities are especially common near a white dwarf star. These stellar objects, which spacers call ghost lights, are the decaying remnants of a dead star. So... Who are our players? So first off, I, Redstone, I'm your guide in this game. 
I am not an active player, and I'm playing with four friends from uh, my old job, in which I'm called my uh, nickname, Adam. And uh, so here are our four players and characters. We have Jose, who's playing Jimmy Rings, uh, who has the assets at the beginning, Augmented, Weapons Master, and Armored. With Edge 2, Heart 1, Iron 3, Shadow 1, Wits 2, uh, he was abducted as a child to be a soldier and escaped their super soldier program. He wants to destroy the Mormons and ge generally government in general. We have Carlos, who is uh, Soul Rock the Seer. Uh, he is a presence user. Uh, he has assets Empath, Kinetic, and Haunted. Uh, his Edge is 1, Heart is 3, Iron 2, Shadow 1, Wits 2. He was banished from his former home. And because it's believed that he killed his former master, who is the one who haunts him. His master is Nos. We have Ramses, uh, who plays Merrick the Unseen with the assets Sniper, Healer, and Shade. His edge is two, Heart is one, Iron is one, Shadow is three, and Wits is two. He was denied a birthright. He will achieve peace, even if he has to kill everyone to get it. And then finally we have Luke playing Spike, who has uh, basically uh, a ripoff of Spike uh, Spiegel, um, the character from uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, his assets are Ace, Vehicle Bay, and he's a, a, got a, a snub fighter. His edge is two, heart is one, iron is one, stealth, uh, shadow is two, and wisdom, wits is three. His background is he actually has no memory uh, before the group uh, found him. Uh, he but he feels compelled to search the vaults. And he's sworn a vow to find the reason why he's compelled. He's got the snub fighter, weeping, uh, synambulist. The, um, the, it, it's a sleepwalker. It's uh, taken from the Exodus, not Exodus, Expanse book series. And they are all the crew of the ship Nimbus. The basic ship. In case you're you're not familiar with um, Ironsworn Starforged and would like to know about that particular asset, it's your armed multi-purpose ship is suited to for interstellar and atmospheric flight. It can comfortably transport several people, has space for cargo, and can carry and launch support vehicles. When you advance, you may spend experience to equip this vehicle with. Uh, module as assets. So how did session one start? Basically, after we worked through all of this, we came to the conclusion that two bounty hunter groups were, who were unaware of each other, uh, were each chasing a different target. 
One was chasing Merrick the Unseen, the other chasing Jimmy Rings. And uh, at one point, they're breaking into the same ship from different sides. They sneak in. They find Spike on the bridge of the Nimbus asleep. Uh, Merrick and Jimmy wake him up. He's confused, remembering nothing. Uh, Basically, Spike guns the engines, and they pursue pursue the ship off-planet. Uh, which they're actually unable to really pursue uh, other than there's, uh, well, they get pursued. There's a firefight. Most of the ships are destroyed. The Nimbus took a little bit of damage but was able to make to the jump. Unfortunately, Merrick the Unseen makes a mistake when calculating the jump to hyperspace. He actually rolls a failure on that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where we started, and I will do a, another episode about the stuff in between. This week's episode featured music by Tabletop Audio. To learn what happens, keep listening. This show is brought to you ad-free by Privilege. No ads, no Patreon, just a cishet white man with disposable income and time. It is performed, edited, and all that good stuff by Redstone Archender. The story is powered by the game Iron Sworn Starforged by Sean Tompkin. Outro by Glitter Snitchel, channeling the spirits. This has been a Sofa King Cool production.